Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we have a special episode coming your way. This is our golf one and done 2024 preview pick strategy announcement show. We've got a lot going on in this episode, but we're going to be talking about one and done fantasy golf for the PGA Tour. One and done is my favorite format of fantasy golf. Basically, what you do every week, if you are not familiar with one and done formats, is you pick one golfer per tournament on the PGA Tour, but once you use that golfer, then you cannot use them again for the rest of the season. And there's a whole lot of different ways of scoring it. Most places use um, money earned for that golfer. So the money that they accumulate in that tournament is the score that you get. Um, some places do strokes, you know, made cuts, wins, whatever. But the concept of one and done is you get one golfer and that is the only time you get to pick them. And it's my favorite format of fantasy golf because it's super accessible for everybody. And so you can get spouses, parents, siblings, kids. You can bring in a whole lot of people into one and done and give you something fun to talk about and keep track of throughout the entirety of PGA Tour season. And it's a really interesting enjoyable format. So in this episode, we are going to go over how to win a one and done league as well as our one and done offerings for this year because we are going to be running two one and done contests this season, um, potentially more if there's more interest. Um, we're going to be starting off with two um, and then we're going to go ahead and I'm going to fill out a preliminary one and done selection for every tournament on um, the golf calendar, talking about my strategy, talking about the best way to fill that out uh, and just kind of going forward with giving you guys some tips and tricks on how to win these one and done leagues. Um, and so that way then if you watch this video and you you want to join a one and done league, we're going to have two offerings for you for that as well. So we've got a lot going on here in this episode. So um, if you are enjoying this episode you, you, and you end up liking this episode, um, please subscribe to the channel because we are going to be having more golf content all season long where we break down DFS betting and one and done, um, you know, from a fantasy golf perspective for every tournament on the PGA Tour calendar, as well as all of our regularly scheduled college football, college basketball and NFL content. So um, that does it for the introduction. We're going to kick things off by talking about our one and done contest for the year. Um, and then we're going to go ahead and dive into the picks and the strategies. So let's go ahead and get rolling. All right. If you are watching on YouTube, you can see on our screen um, the Splash Sports page. Um, we are going to be running two one and done contests this year, as I previously mentioned, one of which is going to be on Splash Sports. Um, this is kind of a newer platform. I have not used Splash Sports before, but I'm looking forward to it. It looks really good, um, and I'm looking forward to using it and, and hoping having some other contests on here as well, um, maybe like a March Madness pool or you know some DFS-type contest stuff like that. But you can see we've got the link on Splash Sports the link to this contest is in the description of the YouTube video, um, as well as the um, podcast audio feed as well. Um, so if you would like to join our contest, we've got the one on Splash Sports right here. I'm also going to be running another one on Fantasy Golf Championships. That one only maxes out at 20 people, so I'm kind of reserving that one for friends and family. Um, so I'm holding a few spots, but the rest of the spots to max out that 20 are first come, first serve. Um, so if you would, if you think that you would rather join a smaller contest, a little more intimate contest, um, then, then reach out to me and I'd be more than happy to set you up with the Fantasy Golf Championships link. Um, feel free to reach out to me on YouTube, on Spotify, or um, you know on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. If you want help with any of these one and dones, if you need help joining, um, if you would like another type of contest, maybe I could see if I could set that up. But I am all in on golf one and done and, and I enjoy it a lot and I'm looking to kind of help grow this game and, and, and you know run a good contest. So if you want to join the Splash Sports one link, 
is in the description. If you want in the smaller friends and family one, reach out to me and I'd be more than happy to set that up for you as long as there is still a spot. All right, so let's go ahead now and talk about the strategy for filling out a one and done entry. So keep in mind when you play one and done, you only get to pick one golfer one time, right? So obviously you wanna pick the winner every week. Like, like that, that's the goal. You wanna get guys who can win the tournament every single week. But what you don't wanna have happen is you don't wanna get to the end of the season and have a lot of the top golfers in the world that you didn't use because theoretically the top golfers in the world are more likely to win any given week than the others. So you want to be as aggressive as possible and use the best golfers possible um, in order to you know make as much money or, you know, whatever your scoring format is, you want to be as good as possible by using the best golfers possible. So what I've got set up here, and there is a link to this in the description as well, is a spreadsheet on Google Sheets where I have a list of all the tournaments being played this year. Um, the signature events are in bold. I've also got a list of pretty much every golfer you would want to use sorted by the OWGR as well as a list of live golfers. Um, and so that way you can kind of know who you've used, who you haven't used, um, and just kind of go from there. And if you want to use this spreadsheet yourself, the link is in the description on audio as well as on the video. So another thing that's important to know about one and done is this is a game theory game as well. It's not just try to pick the winner every single week. Your position in the tournament is going to matter a lot for your picks. Here's what I mean by that. You know, people are going to pick the best players every single week. You know, any given week in a tournament, the guy that's the favorite to win is going to be likely the guy who's taken the most in one and done. So, if you are able to get ahead early in one and done and you are able to play from ahead and play from a place where you're playing from the top of the standings, you can be a lot more conservative with your selections as the season goes on. And if you're playing from behind, you need to be more aggressive with your selections and play guys that other people might not be playing so that way you can try to gain money on the people who are at the top who are playing the golfers who are at the top. So um, when we fill out this here today, this um, one and done strategy that I'm filling out, all my picks that I'm filling out are not having really any of that game theory in mind because I don't know how all these guys are going to play. Um, but what I am keeping in mind is how I can best allot all of my golfers for all of these tournaments in order to maximize the money that I make. So let's go ahead and kind of break that down. So basically, if you're playing a one and done that uses financial winnings for the golfer as the scoring system, which most of them do, golf tournaments are not created equal. Some tournaments are going to have more money in the purse than others. In the spreadsheet, the ones that are in bold are the signature events for the PGA Tour. Those are the ones that will have the bigger purse. So if there's more of a purse in play, you want to use your best golfers at these events that are the signature events. So that way they can accumulate more money for you. And also, those signature events, with the exception of the majors, are mostly non-cut events this week. So you're guaranteed to end up with some money from those good golfers that you're playing if you're using them in the signature events. So um, that is going to be kind of how we build things here today. We're going to go um, event by event. We're going to look at the four majors, and then we're going to look at the signature events, and then we're going to look at the non-signature events to fill out all these picks for our preliminary one-and-done lineup for the 2024 season. Now, keep in mind, like I said, this doesn't really have any game theory involved, so I'm probably not just going to copy and paste this list into a one-and-done entry for 2024, but this is going to kind of give me a baseline in terms of what golfers I end up using where, what golfers are good fits in this spot, and just kind of the, you know, the theory in thinking of how I can best allot my golfers to these 32 golf tournaments this season. So, 
Let's go ahead and start with this first segment. We're going to start off with the four majors. So you've got the Masters, you've got the PGA, you've got the U.S. Open, and you've got the Open Championship. So these are the four make or break events on the PGA Tour schedule to me for one and none purposes because what you've got is these are signature events with a big purse where they're cuts. Most of the other signature events are non-cuts. So you have to get these right if you want to have a chance at winning the one and done. However, what also throws a curveball into this is that these are the four events where all of the live golfers will be able to play. So in my opinion, it greatly benefits you to use live golfers for these events because that will give you additional spots that you can use your top PGA Tour golfers on the actual PGA Tour schedule as opposed to the four majors. Plus, just thinking about it purely from a, you know, golf standpoint, John Rahm and Brooks Koepka are two of the top 10 golfers in the world. And if you want to win a one and done, you're probably going to want to use two of the top 10 golfers in the world. So let's go ahead and make our picks for these four majors right here. And then that we'll use that to kind of give us a baseline to um, fill out the rest of our picks for the signature events and non-signature events. So when it comes to the Masters, Augusta National, my favorite golf tournament, I, I love the Masters. Um, You've got a course that is very sticky in terms of course history. And what I mean by that is we're looking at the course history tool on um, datagolf.com. What I mean by that is players who play well at Augusta National tend to continue to play well at Augusta National throughout the rest of their career. So we want to prioritize somebody who has played well at Augusta National in their career in order to pick them for this event, right? So to me, the obvious pick for this event, the Masters, is going to be John Rahm. I only get to use John Rahm four times. He won this event last season, and he has been pretty good at the Masters even before he won. Now, the Masters has not been too kind to defending champs in recent years. It has actually been really kind to guys who have... Um, you know, one and then come back two years later. You know, you remember Bubba Watson doing it in 2012 and 2014. So I think Scotty Scheffler would be a really interesting pick for this one for that reason, you know, having won the Masters in 2022. But if I want to get four spots to use John Rahm, I think this is the best spot to use John Rahm at. He's not traditionally a great player at the Open Championship, and I don't think that the venues at the PGA or the US Open fit his game all that well. So I'm going to be putting John Rahm right here. So the next major is going to be the PGA Championship. And to me, this one is a very easy pick. It is going to be Brooks Kepka. Now, I don't necessarily think that if I were betting this tournament right now, I don't think Brooks Kepka would be the first guy I would bet. Valhalla is the host of this year's PGA Championship. It last hosted the PGA Championship in 2024, which was won by Rory McIlroy with um, Phil Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, Henrik Stenson, uh, Jim Furyk, and Ryan Palmer being at the top of the leaderboards. Kind of an eccentric group. But the course Valhalla, it's, it's kind of gotten a bad rap among some people in the golf community, but I enjoy it. I think it looks really good on television, and, and it's really um just a kind of scenic golf course. It's not the most strategic though. It's got very wide fairways, but it's also got very penal rough, so you can't miss these wide fairways. It's a Jack Nicholas design, so it's very similar to Mirfield Village. And off the tee, everybody pretty much plays to similar spots. Not everybody just swings driver every hole. You know, there's gonna be a little bit of forced layups or you know, some some approach shots that have to carry certain places. So with that kind of being homogenized off the tee. I would like to prioritize a player who's really good on approach. And Brooks Kepka, when he's at his best, is an elite level approach player. Now, if this was, you know, if I could use Brooks Kepka at all golf tournaments, I probably wouldn't use him here at Valhalla. I think that Victor Hovland is going to win the PGA Championship in 2024. But for the purposes of this one and done, 
Brooks Kepka with me only being able to use him in four spots, I'm going to put him in at the PGA and allow myself to use Victor Hovland somewhere else. Now, the U.S. Open, this one's a little bit of a wild card. So when it comes to the U.S. Open, they're back at Pinehurst this year, which is in my home state of North Carolina. Um, and it's a truly unique U.S. Open venue. It is one of the toughest U.S. Open venues. The last time that the U.S. Open was here in 2014, it was a eight-shot victory by Martin Keimer over Ricky Fowler and Eric Compton. Dustin Johnson, Henrik Stenson, Keegan Bradley, Jason Day, and Brooks Kepka all played well here at this tournament, which maybe you can make an argument for playing Brooks Kepka at this U.S. Open after that T4 in 2014. But I think with the way that this course shakes out, Pinehurst is a Donald Ross design. It's a very classical golf course. So think about like Oak Hill and East Lake um, for kind of like the comparisons in terms of the design. But it does not look like either of those two golf courses. Pinehurst is a um, kind of a sandy North Carolina course. There is virtually no rough on the entire course. Um, and it's got very, very wide fairways. And it's going to play super firm and fast. To me, this plays very similar to a British Lynx design, kind of like a St. Andrews or maybe like an Australian sandbelt design, like a Royal Melbourne. Um, and so for that reason, I kind of think that I want to go with a guy who has a little bit of a unique game. Um, putting off the green is going to be a viable strategy. All the greens at Pinehurst are crowned. So if you're not like really sticking your approach shots close, you could be looking at shots where you could roll off the green. But the good news is with the lack of rough is that you should be able to use the old Texas wedge and put it right back up. So I think St. Andrews is a very good comparison to this course as um a former Open Championship host. Um, and Cam Smith won that Open Championship at St. Andrews. Um, but I'm not going to go with Cam Smith. I'm going to go with Bryson DeChambeau for my pick for the U.S. Open. I think that Bryson's game is actually in a really good spot. And the fact that he was on live, we didn't get to see it as much as, um, you know, on TV or as much coverage as if if, if, we're, if he were playing this well on the PGA Tour. But I think his game's in a really good spot. He hits a very high arcing approach shot, which I think will bode him well to hold these crown greens. And I also think that his use of the putter off the green is something that he can use to his advantage as well. And we also know that Bryson DeChambeau has won a U.S. Open before at winged foot. So I think this is a really good spot to play Bryson DeChambeau. Now, the Open Championship is going to be at Royal Troon Golf Club in Scotland, which last hosted the Open in 2016. It was won by Henrik Stenson and Phil Mickelson, who were minus 20 and minus 17, respectively, and they beat the rest of the field by 11 shots. This was a two-horse race in that tournament between Henrik Stenson and Phil Mickelson, which makes it seem like with them being, you know, live golfers, why would we not just pencil in Henrik Stenson or Phil Mickelson? Well, it's been seven years since then. So I don't necessarily think their careers are in the same spot now that it was back in 2017 or 2016, excuse me. So I am not going to be playing a live golfer here at this Open Championship. I don't think that there's a live golfer that this really suits all that well outside of Henrik Stenson and Phil Mickelson who are much past their prime from where they were in 2016. So when you think about Royal Troon, Royal Troon is a short-ish Open Championship venue. Laying up off the tee and hitting three wood off the tee was super effective in 2016 for both Stenson and Mickelson. It allowed them to keep the ball in the fairway, use their approach play to kind of separate themselves, and then they made a lot of putts on these greens. Then there's a lot of hazards lurking at Royal Troon as well. If it gets windy, it can get pretty difficult. And that week, it was pretty difficult for everybody except Stenson and Mickelson. So my pick this week is going to be a guy who has great open championship history and has just not won one, and that is going to be Tommy Fleetwood. 
Hollywood. Um, he's had a great run at the Open Championship. He is British, um, so he has a little bit of a home field advantage here um, on the British Isles. Um, and I don't necessarily think that I have to go with the live golfer here. And I don't know how many other spots there would be natural landing spots for Tommy Fleetwood. So Tommy Fleetwood is my selection for the Open Championship. All right, so that does it for the four majors. So we're going to take a quick breather, and then we're going to come back and talk signature events. All right, so now looking at these signature events, I think there are two really interesting ways to fill this out if you are looking to do what I'm doing here and kind of fill out a one-and-done lineup before the season starts. I think you can either look at it by golfer, or I think you can look at it by tournament, where you go tournament by tournament and figure out, you know, who are guys who play well at this course? Who can I put in this spot? Or you can go golfer by golfer and say, you know, what courses does this golfer play well at? So where would I be best benefited to put him into my lineup? Well, I am going to go tournament by tournament because like I mentioned earlier, when you play one and done, you want to play from ahead. So if I can get the, these early picks right and get guys that are great fits at these early events, then I can put myself to be in position to play from ahead the rest of the season, which makes my life a whole lot easier. So the first elevated event is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So what I'm going to do for each event is I'm kind of going to give a little bit of a rundown of you know what type of course you're looking at, what kind of golfers traditionally play well here, um, and then who I end up picking. So for the AT&T Pebble Beach, Pebble Beach is a very short golf course. It is a very small greens golf course, and it is POA grass on the greens. It's also a pro-am, so not a whole lot of guys have played this event a whole lot. Um, looking at the course history tool on datagolf.com, there's a lot of different guys who have had lots of different varying levels of success here. But my pick is going to be Jordan Spieth for this event. Um, Jordan Spieth is a guy who is not in the best um, recent form at the moment, but we're not picking this with recent form in mind because by the time this event rolls around, he's probably going to be totally in a different spot in terms of recent form. So looking at his history at this event, he owns a first, second, third, seventh, ninth, and 20th here at this event. Pebble Beach is also a course that because of how short it is, generally everybody can play well here because nobody's going to be boxed out because of distance. And what it comes down to is, can you hit these small greens or can your short game recover when you miss the small greens? And Jordan's Spieth is a guy who can do both of those. I feel pretty comfortable in picking him at Pebble Beach because even when he was not playing very good golf, he was playing pretty well at Pebble Beach. Now, the next elevated event, or signature event, I should say, is the Genesis Invitational, which is hosted by Riviera Country Club. Riviera is a very long golf course. It is a decently difficult golf course. Um, it appears they do not have Riviera on um, Data Golf. But um, my pick for Riviera, with it being an elevated event, is going to be Max Homa. Max Homa has won this event before. He was the runner-up last year with John Rahm in it, and Max Homa plays his best golf in the state of California. So this seems like a pretty easy selection for me to get the California guy at a California course at an elevated event, locking it in Max Homa for the Genesis Invitational. Next up is the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is hosted by Bay Hill Golf Course. Bay Hill is a very long and very difficult golf course. It's in the state of Florida. It's got thick rough. It's got Bermuda greens. It's got narrow fairways. And if you miss the green, there's like rough surrounding all the greens that you're going to be chipping from. It's not these little like chip off areas. Um, 
you know, that you can see at some other places. And there's a lot of guys who have played well at Bay Hill who are different skill sets. Like you've got elite drivers of the golf ball like Roy McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, and Cam Young. You've got elite approach players like Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. There's just a whole, and Matt Fitzpatrick as well. You've got a lot of different characteristics that can play well here. But the guy that I'm going to go with here is going to be Victor Hovland. So Victor Hovland, we talked about how much I liked him at the PGA Championship. Well, when you think about the two courses that Victor Hovland has won at, Mirfield Village and um, Olympia Fields, they're both, you know, very penal rough. So you want to be in the fairway. They're both very thick, rough around the greens that you can chip from. Um, and they are, you know, both pretty difficult golf courses. And so that kind of tracks with what Victor Hovland, um, you know, this this course kind of tracks with the course Victor Hovland has won at, is what I'm saying. Um, and Victor Hovland also has two top 10 finishes here in his last two trips. I think Victor takes the leap this next year and, you know, is a multiple-time winner in the 2024 PGA Tour season. And so let's see if he can get that started at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Now, the Players' Championship is next up at TBC Sawgrass. So TBC Sawgrass is not a super predictable golf course because it has danger lurking everywhere. Winds can get swirling. It, it can be you know, pretty difficult. It can also play pretty easy if there's not a whole lot of wind and weather. And so TPC Sawgrass is generally an elite tee to green test. If you can put yourself in good positions um, off the tee, on the green, it is not super difficult to putt at. It's also a peat die design. It's a little bit shorter, so you don't really see a whole lot of guys get boxed out here. But generally, the best tee to green players end up winning like you saw with Justin Thomas a few years back, like you saw with Scotty Scheffler last year. So my pick for this one is going to be Scotty Scheffler. Now, Scotty Scheffler is a unique guy to play in one and done because his game is so good tee to green that he can generally be played at pretty much every golf course on the schedule because there's no course that you look at and say, oh, a guy that doesn't, or a guy that plays well tee to green is a bad fit here. Like, no, like that's not gonna happen with Scotty Scheffler. So I actually played a one and done last year where I did win money in it, where I had Scotty Scheffler saved all the way until the BMW Championship just because there was never an obvious spot on the schedule where I played Scotty Scheffler, which is fine. And he played okay at the BMW Championship, so it worked out for me. But I think with Scotty Scheffler, he's pretty sticky with his course history. Courses that he plays well at, he tends to continue to play well at. So why not let's go ahead and roll him out at a course that he won at last year where he's clearly very comfortable and um, just hope that he continues that streak as an elite tee to green golfer at a course that requires an elite tee to green game. Next up is going to be the RBC Heritage, which is hosted by Harbortown. This is the shortest golf course of all of the elevated events, um, and it's pretty darn narrow as well, so keeping the ball in the fairway is going to be super duper important. Um, it's also a peat die design, like we talked about with Sawgrass, and it is Bermuda Greens as well. Um, so the pick for me here at Harbortown um, is going to end up being Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, he was the winner here at this event last year. Um, he had a T4 to, or previously in 2021 at this event. So he's got pretty good history and he's a guy that really does keep the ball in play and play well here. Um, Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantlay also have like elite level course history here at this course, but I think there's other spots that fit them a little bit better. We've already used Jordan Spieth at Pebble Beach. We're going to be using Patrick Cantlay here in just a second. So I'm going to get Matt Fitzpatrick at Harbortown. And plus, if you watched any of the broadcasts last year, you know that Matt Fitzpatrick, it, wherever his family vacationed when he was younger, he wins the tournament at, which is what he did at the Country Club with the U.S. Open. And it's what he did at Harbortown last year. So I'm going to roll out the defending champ, Matt Fitzpatrick, um, at Harbortown at the RBC heritage. 
Now, the Wells Fargo Championship, um, which is going to be hosted by Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina, my home state. Um, Quail Hollow is a very long, very penal golf course. It's got thick rough if you miss the fairways. It's also got very firm and fast uh, Bermuda grass throughout. Um, the greens can be really tricky at Quail Hollow, and the par threes at Quail Hollow are exceptionally difficult. Um, so Quail Hollow, with it being just a really difficult test, I want to make sure we get somebody who has a really high skill level. Wyndham Clark is the guy that won here last year. He didn't really have much course history um, at uh, Quail Hollow before winning. He had missed a cut and, and came in T43 in, in 2021. But I I think this is a course where course history, it can go either way. Like there's some guys that do happen to play really well here. There's some guys that will play well here out of absolutely nowhere. Um, and so the guy that has the best course history here is Rory McIlroy. So um, Rory McIlroy, multiple wins here at Quail Hollow, tends to play well pretty much year in, year out at Quail, Quail Hollow. So let's go ahead and give Rory a roll of the dice here at Quail Hollow, and I can feel pretty comfortable in that with a multiple-time winner at this golf course. Next up is the Memorial Tournament hosted by Jack Nicklaus um, at Mirfield Village, which we know is a course that has wide fairways, thick rough, plays super firm and fast, U.S. Open-esque conditions at Mirfield Village always. Victor Hovland won here last year, and I think it's a beautiful fit for Victor Hovland, but we already used him at Bay Hill, so I'm going to have to think outside the box just a little bit here because the other guy that has great course history here is actually John Rahm. So um, I am going to go with four my my pick at Mirfield Village, I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay. So Patrick Cantlay is really interesting in one and done because he has a lot of different courses that he plays well at. Um, but his course history at Mirfield Village is really, really solid. Um, he owns two wins at Mirfield Village, and his worst finish um, is a 32nd place finish. So you're pretty much guaranteed to get a pretty good payday out of Patrick Cantlay at Mirfield Village. So he is the guy that I am willing to roll the dice with there. The next elevated event, we only have a few more is going to be the Travelers Championship, which is the TPC River Highlands. Um, and that is a very short golf course. It's actually pretty darn easy as well. Um, one of the defining features of it is that it has small greens and, and it tends to turn into a little bit of a birdie fest. If everybody is hitting the greens, they're going to be able to roll in birdie putts on these greens. Um, so my pick for the Travelers Championship, uh, with it being a short golf course, this is a place where like not everybody gets boxed out. Like you can see a lot of different play styles, a lot of different people play well here. You see Patrick Cantlay popped up on the course history as well, as well as Scotty Scheffler, Bryson DeChambeau. Xander Shoffley is actually at the top. Xander is kind of like a Scotty Scheffler, though, where he has such a just well-rounded balance game that I think I can play him at other spots. So my pick for the Travelers is going to be Brian Harmon, who has played here in each of the last five years, and he has finished worse than eighth one time. Four top eight finishes in the last five years at um, TPC River Highlands for Brian Harmon. So Brian Harmon is going to be my selection for the Travelers Championship. The next elevated event is going to be, or signature event, I got to get used to that. The next signature event is going to be um, the FedEx St. Jude Championship. These are the last two events, the FedEx St. Jude and the BMW. These are the FedEx Cup playoff events. So you might end up at a spot where um, 
you could end up picking somebody right here and they might not make the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is a possibility if, you know, you'd done this last year in, in pencil and Justin Harmon um, for, or not Justin Harmon, Justin Thomas for this event, a little Freudian slip there. So when it comes to TPC Southwind, um, this is a course that is fairly short. It's not super long. It demands a lot of accuracy off the tee, um, and it's a pretty tough test. Um, Will Zalatoris, I think his game matches up perfectly with this course, but with his health right now, I'm not sure if I can go ahead and pencil him in. I would like to see a little more out of Will Zalatoris before I actually play him in something like this. Um, so the guy that I'm going to go with is a guy that I think is a very good skill set fit for this course, and that's Colin Morikawa. He's played here each of the last four years, finished no worse than 26th place. When you think about Colin Morikawa, he's an elite, accurate golfer. He's really good with his irons and wedges, and if he is able to keep the ball in the fairway, then he can really just kind of iron and wedge this place to death. Um, so Colin Morikawa is my pick for the FedEx St. Jude. Now, the BMW Championship is going to a new course this year. It's going to Castle Pines, which is in Colorado. Um, and there's very little known information about this course. Um, it is a Jack Nicklaus design. I would expect it to play pretty long, but also you've got the elevation that might make it shorter. Um, so with it being a relative unknown, um, let's go ahead and let's pick somebody who um, just kind of has a very well-rounded game and, and can play well at all different types of courses. I'm going to go ahead and put Xander Shoffley right here. Um, I could see myself making an argument for Wyndham Clark um, or Tyrrell Hatton, who I haven't used yet, because they also have fairly well-rounded games that play well at other golf courses. Um, so those two, those little groupers, kind of who I would be looking at for the BMW Championship. Now, granted, you know, when you get there, it's the final event of the season. You don't necessarily have to be married to that selection because, you know, there's probably going to be somebody who comes in with recent form or you're going to be playing your position at that point in the one-and-done season. But as you can see, I have used all of the top nine um, official World Golf Rankings golfers um, that are still on the PGA Tour to get through these elevated events. So I am rolling out the big guns at the big events, and now we can go through event by event and kind of piece the rest together from there now that I know that I'm using the, my best golfers at the events where it'll matter the most. So let's go ahead and take a quick breather, and then let's do the non-signature events. All right, so let's get down to it now, and let's go ahead and talk about the non-signature events. So these are going to go a little bit quicker because they're generally a little less consequential because they're not as big of a purse. Um, however, I do think that I want to emphasize the events at the start more because, again, I want to play from ahead. So first event is going to be the Sony Open, which is going to be at Wailai Country Club in Honolulu. Um, and this is a course that is very short. Very narrow, very tropical. Um, you do not generally see long hitters succeed here at the Sony Open. So I'm going to go with Corey Connors for this event. He's played this event for the last five years, never finished worse than 12th, um, is a guy that kind of fits the mold of somebody who plays well at um, you know the shorter, tighter type of golf courses that you see here at the start of the season. Um, so let me go ahead and get him in my spreadsheet. Now, next up, we have the American Express, which is a PG or a Pete Dye design course. Um, and it's played at actually three golf courses um, that's used as a rotation. And so there's a cut after round three. It's a little bit of an interesting event. It's, it's not the best event for television viewing or anything. Um, it's super easy. It's a Pete Dye design, and, and it turns into an absolute birdie fest. Um, you, you've probably heard the um, expletive filled rant of John Rahm talking about it being a putting contest, among other words. Um, so Siwoo Kim is a guy that has really good history here. He has great history at Pete Dye golf courses. He won this event in 20. 
2021. Um, so I'm going to go with Siwoo Kim for this event. Notice Patrick Cantlay popping up on the course history again. Um, but you know, Patrick Cantlay has a lot of courses that we can use him at, and we already used him. Um, so I feel pretty good about um, using Siwoo Kim here at the American Express. The next event is going to be the Farmers Insurance Open, um, which is going to be um, Torrey Pines Golf Course. This one is played at two golf courses as well. Torrey Pines is a really long, really difficult golf course, um, and it's got super thick rough. Um, my pick here is going to be Jason Day. He has like elite level history here at Torrey Pines. Um, I really thought about penciling in Will Zalatoris for this one, who also has really good history at Torrey Pines, but I really don't know what Will Zalatoris' health looks like. So I'm going to kind of hold off on him for just a second and feel pretty confident putting in Jason Day um, here at Torrey Pines. Now, next up, this is not a... Um, signature event anymore, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. However, I do expect there to be an elite field at this event. There always gets to be an elite field at this event just because it's kind of a fun, different type of event. Um, and it's played at TPC Scottsdale. It's generally pretty easy. It is generally um, desert golf. So like as long as off the tee, you don't like miss it by 500 yards, you're going to be okay because you won't be in the desert. Um, so is also a course where course history tends to be pretty sticky also. Um, you know, you've had Scotty Scheffler won it each of the last two seasons. Um, with it not being an elevated event, though, I'm not really in a rush to use Scotty Scheffler here at this event. Same deal with Xander Shoffley, who also pops up on the course history tool. Hideki Matsuyama has pretty good course history here, as does Tyrrell Hatton. But I'm going to go a little further down the board. I'm going to go with Sahith Tagawa. Um, you know, Sahith got his breakthrough win on the PGA Tour um, at the Fortinet Championship in the fall swing. Um, and I think that that's going to kind of help give him some positive momentum heading into this one. He really had a chance to win this tournament two years ago, but kind of faltered on Sunday. So Sahith Tagawa is my guy for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Now, the Mexico Open is now moved to February. It was previously played in May. Um, there's been two editions of it that have been won by John Rahm and Tony Finau, and the runners-up were John Rahm and Tony Finau. So um, those two guys tend to play really well here. I would have no problem using Finau at this course, but I'm going to use um, Finau somewhere different. I'm going to go with Akshay Batia here at... Um, the Mexico Open. So Akshay Batia in his young PGA Tour career has tended to play well at really long golf courses as well as really uh, tropical golf courses. Um, he's a really good at his long approach shots. Um, and I think that that's a skill that's going to benefit him well here. He came in fourth at this tournament last year. Um, so Akshay Batia is my guy for the Mexico Open. The Palm Beach Classic, formerly the Honda Classic, is at PGA National. This is a short golf course, but it's a difficult golf course because of all the hazards that are looming. Um, Sepp Straka has a win here, um, and he played pretty well here last year as well. Um, Chris Kirk was the winner over a playoff in Eric Cole. Um, last year, this is generally not the strongest field event. So um, if I can get a guy like Sepp Straka there, that would be great. But I'll have no problem pivoting to Chris Kirk, Eric Cole, or Justin Suh, all of whom have good history at this golf course if Sepp Straka does not play in this event. Valspar Championship is next up. This is played at the Copperhead course, a.k.a. Innisbrook. Um, Copperhead is a course that generally gets a pretty good feel to it um, for this event. And the winners have been a pretty eclectic group. But one thing that has come up, though, is that in the last three years, Sam Burns has absolutely dominated at this golf course. He won the event in both 21 and 2022. And then in 2023, when he came in with terrible recent form, he still came in sixth place. Um, so Sam Burns is going to be my guy 
for the Valspar Championship. That's another guy kind of near the top of guys that I have left that I haven't used yet. So really look good luck to get Sam Burns out of the way there at the Valspar. Now for the Houston Open, this is played at Memorial Park Golf Course, um, which is it's very comparable to Riviera for the Genesis Championship. It's very long. It's very difficult. Um, it generally does not get like the best field to show up at this event. Um, so if we look at guys that have played this event twice or more, Tony Finau won it last year. Um, so let's go ahead and just put in Tony Finau for this one. Um, I think that there's um, arguments that can be made for other guys, but let's go ahead and, and put in Finau there at Memorial Park. Um, Finau is a guy kind of like Scotty Scheffler that he tends to play well at courses repeatedly year after year, so I feel pretty good about that one. The Valero Texas Open is next, which is hosted at TPC San Antonio. It's a very long track, and it's moderately difficult. Um, won last year by Corey Connors. My pick for this one is going to be Lee Hodges, if I can find him on the list. Lee Hodges is a guy who broke through for a win last season at the 3M Open. He played well at this course as well. I think Lee Hodges is a young guy who I'm pretty confident is going to show up for this event with it not being usually the best field. Um, and he does play his best at longer, um, more difficult golf courses. So um, Lee Hodges in here at the Valero for me at that event. Next up is going to be the Byron Nelson um, Championship hosted at TPC Craig Ranch, which is one of the easiest courses at all of the PGA Tour. Um, it is in Texas. It is generally pretty slow um, in terms of the greens, and it's big greens, so they're really easy to hit. So you just see a lot of guys that hit greens and then end up making birdie putts. Um, you never really know what the field's going to look like at this event. Ryan Palmer um, has played this event quite a bit at this course and, and played pretty well. Um, I think he gets a nominee as well as Seamus Power. But I'm going to go ahead and go with an easy one. I'm going to go with K.H. Lee, who has won this event two out of the last three years. Um, and so K.H. Lee is going to be my pick for this one. And in fact, I don't even think I put him on the list on the right of guys that I might pick. So I'm going to have to have a write-in entry here for K.H. Lee. Um, at the Byron Nelson. Now, next up is going to be the Charles Schwab, which is at Colonial Country Club. Colonial is a course that is super short, super tight. It can get difficult when it gets exposed to the wind. Um, you've seen some pretty good winners here. Jordan Spieth has won this event. Jason Kokrak has won this event. Um, and then Sam Burns edged out Scotty Scheffler in a playoff um, two years ago. Um, so at this event, Jordan Spieth has great course history here. We've already used him. Same with Morikawa, same with Hovland, same with Scheffler, same with Finau. Um, so we're going to have to go down a little bit for the board for our course history here. Um, and I'm going to go with Justin Rose, who has played this event each of the last five years, three top 20s at that event. He is one of the better golfers that I have left. Um, so I'll feel pretty good about going ahead and putting in Rosie here at the Charles Schwab. Next up is the RBC Canadian Open, which is being played at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Um, the event was played there in 2019, and it was won by Rory McIlroy. Runners up Shane Lowry and Webb Simpson with Brant Snedeker, Matt Kuchar, and Adam Hadwin not too far behind. So with us already having used Rory, and I don't really think I want to use Webb Simpson, let's go ahead and just put in Shane Lowry here for this pick. Um, Shane Lowry is a guy that has pretty good history at the RBC Canadian Open, so he should be a guy who can play pretty well at this course given that he has a runner up there already. 
Detroit Golf Club is the host of the Rocket Mortgage Classic, one of the easiest courses on all the PGA Tour. I'm going to go ahead and put Ricky Fowler right here. He was the defending champ at this event, won in a playoff last year, and he is Mr. Rocket Mortgage. He always plays in this event. Um, and so, you know, Ricky's been playing some good golf. Let's go ahead and get him in there. Um, I also thought about putting in Cam Young or um, Taylor Pendrith, two guys who also have pretty good history at this course, but I, I feel pretty good about Ricky in that spot. The John Deere Classic TPC Deer Run is a short accuracy-based course with a weak field. I'm going to go ahead and put a guy in here that I think is going to be used um, quite a bit this year, and I, I think he's really talented. I think he's on the rise, and it is Ludwig Ober. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before this guy wins on the PGA Tour. He was fourth in this event last year. With him being a younger guy, I think he's going to play in a lot of events, even when they're weaker fields. And so I think playing a guy like Ludwig in a weaker field event is going to be a good thing to do because I think that's probably going to be where he ends up getting a win at. Now, the Scottish Open is next up, being played at Renaissance Club. Um, you had Rory McIlroy win this event last year. Xander Shoffley has won this event. Minwoo Lee has won this event. Tom Kim has played very well at this event. But I'm going to go down a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit of um, an outside-the-box pick. I'm going to go with a Scott himself, Robert McIntyre, who was the runner-up and very easily could have won this event last year if Rory didn't hit one of the best shots um, of the season. Um, so Robert McIntyre, in his native country, um, I feel pretty good about that one. Now, we've only got three events left, and so as you can see, we can kind of really get aggressive here with guys that we have left. Um, so looking at the 3M Open, I'm actually going to switch around one of my picks right here. I'm going to move Tony Finau to the 3M Open because he has won this event and has a few other good finishes here, and I'm going to slide in Tyrrell Hatton into the... Um, the Houston Open um, with him having pretty good history there. So um, Tony Finau is going to be my 3M Open guy, and I've now got Tyrrell Hatton at the Houston Open. Now, I have the Olympics on here, but um, I don't really know what's going to happen with that because the Olympics is a um, an amateur competition for most sports, so it, there's no payday. So um, I don't really know how that's going to work out for one and done. Um, it's being played in France, so I would probably go with like – Probably a European tour golfer. I don't know. Maybe like a Minwoo Lee would be a pretty good fit there. Um, but yeah, I, I would probably, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. So um, I'm just going to leave that blank for now. Now the Wyndham, this one's pretty easy. I'm going to go with Tom Kim. He won this event the one time he played it. He is great at um, these kind of shorter golf courses that require accuracy. Um, and he was one of my best golfers left. So I've got Tom Kim there at the Wyndham and feel really strongly about that one. All right, so there you have it. We have filled out our whole one-and-done roster for the 2024 season. And if you look at it, I was pretty darn aggressive, and I still have some of the world's top 25 players over there on the right. I've still got Wyndham Clark, Keegan Bradley, Cam Young, Russell Henley, Justin Thomas, and Sung J.M. over there. So um, I could even get more aggressive with this if I wanted. But some of these events, these guys aren't going to play every single week. So um, if I run into a situation like, for instance, where I've got Shane Lowry at the RBC Canadian Open and he decides to skip that week, then I've got plenty of options that I could go ahead and swap in. And as the season goes by, I can choose to get more aggressive or less aggressive if I want to, knowing that I've got some pretty good golfers sitting over there, um, you know, that I can use. And, and I still think there's a few wild cards as well. You know, Will Zalatoris with his health, if he ends up getting back to health, he's a guy you're definitely going to want 
want to use. And then you've got some young guys like Aminwoo Lee or an Eric Cole, um, you know, that's kind of on the rise that, that could end up being really good picks as the season goes on. I would put Denny McCarthy a little bit in that category as well. Maybe Justin Sutt and Taylor Pendrith also. So, there's a lot of flexibility with this, but you guys can see how I filled out all 32 of these tournaments here um, and just kind of how, um, you know, how you can build together a, a one and done lineup, just sitting down before the season even starts. Now, am I going to stick with all these? Probably not because, um, you know, as the season goes by, you've got recent form to consider, you know, what guys are playing well, what guys aren't. And then you've also got your position in the one and done pool to consider as to whether or not you need to be more or less aggressive, you know, in terms of your selections. So um, I do feel pretty good about this initial roster and I feel pretty good about the flexibility that I've given myself to adjust if in fact I do need to. So there you have it. That was one and done strategy for the 2024 season. Reminder, if you want to join our one and done contest, we've got one on Splash for $25. Um, link is in the description on the audio feed and on the YouTube page. We've also got the, the more smaller intimate friends and family one on fantasy golf championships. Reach out to me directly if you would like in that one. You can reach out to me on YouTube, Twitter, um, pretty much just any way you want to reach out to me. I can, I can help get you a spot in that if there is one left. But I do want to try to get this splash one filled also. Um, so just, um, you know, looking to fill both these one and done contests and have two successful one and done leagues going this year. And, you know, hopefully splash is a pretty good platform. We can continue to do stuff with them um, as time goes by. So hopefully um, you guys got what you came here for. Um, the spreadsheet, if you want a copy of that as well, that is a linked in the description. Um, so if you like what you saw in here in this video. I, I love one and done, like spread the word about one and done, get your friends and family in it, spouses, kids, parents, like, like get them in it, get, let's, let's get these leagues filled. Um, and I will be talking one and done every week of the PGA tour season. We're going to talk about from, for every PGA tour tournament, from a DFS betting and one and done perspective here every week on Mike's money picks. So if you like what you saw in this episode, hit that subscribe button, um, go ahead and get yourself those notifications when those episodes drop. So that way, when the Sony open rolls around, you can make your one and done picks and, and you can be ready to roll with that. So um, hopefully you guys got a lot of good information for this. You, I hope you guys can tell I'm really excited about one and done. I really do love one and done contests. So um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this, got a lot of good information, a lot of good ideas for playing one and done in the 2024 season. Hit that subscribe button so we can be back with you later. Um, thank you guys for watching and listening to this point, and I will see you next time. Thank you.